Welcome, friends. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God show faithfulness to us, bless us, and make his face smile upon us. For then the whole earth will acknowledge God's ways, and all the nations of earth will know of God's power to save. May all the nations come to praise the Lord God Almighty. And as we approach our holy God, confident in our deliverance, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let's pray. O oh, holy God, we confess we have not been obedient to your will for us. We have sought justice for ourselves but neglected justice for others. We have insisted on our rights, but have not lived rightly in our relationships. We have desired mercy for our sins, but we have not offered mercy to those who have sinned against us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, free us from the prison of our disobedience. Help us to love you as you have loved us so that our lives may testify to your abounding grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news, friends. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Receive the gift, gift of forgiveness and share that gift with others. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. <clears throat> and with this wonderful gift of forgiveness, and peace and reconciliation that we enjoy as believers in Jesus, we then freely extend it to one another here on this earth. And so may the peace of Christ be with you, my friends. We live our thanks according to God's word. Hear now God's will for us, encapsulated and summarized in what we call the Ten Commandments. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, <clears throat> but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. May the Spirit of God guide us to be obedient to this word. And we will continue in looking at the word today. Uh, and before we do that, let's once again pray. O oh Lord, by the <clears throat> power of your Spirit, give us your words of life, 
so that our faith may increase and our hearts be made whole. Amen. I'm going to read for you from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. This is Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1 and verses 6 to 8. Hear God's word for us today. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and all who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. This is God's word for us today. Thanks be to the Lord. Ever since the Jewish people existed, for the past 4,000 years, there have been other people and other nations who have conquered them, displaced them, and have even tried to annihilate them altogether several times throughout history. A seminal experience for ancient Israel was when God's temple was destroyed and the people taken into exile in Babylon 2,000 years uh, 2,500 years ago. Generations later, many faithful Jews returned to Jerusalem to rebuild and reform under Nehemiah and Ezra, undergoing defeat, occupation, and oppression can and will do a great deal of psychological, emotional, and spiritual harm. And when it happens repeatedly, it's easy to understand how any group of people might wonder, are we still God's people? Have so many years of being in other places made us different? Who are we right now? These are questions of identity. For many Jews, since God allowed them to be conquered because they did not obey the covenant, then now is the time to double down on following the rules and proving they are truly God's chosen people. So much so that some, not all, insisted that their identity can only be maintained by radically separating themselves from everyone and everything foreign that is not Jewish. We can understand how a vulnerable people who have been attacked and conquered would be suspicious about welcoming outsiders. In fact, any sort of hospitality could be seen as a betrayal of their own struggle and a deviation from their sense of community and identity and integrity. So when God comes along and shares a plan of bring, bringing foreigners to the holy mountain, it sounds scandalous. The people don't see this as a wonderful moment of everybody getting together, singing kumbaya and letting bygones be bygones. 
Nobody in Israel was saying, Lord, please let us gather together with a bunch of foreigners, strangers, aliens, and Gentiles. Quite the opposite. Instead, they start circling the wagons to survive and maintain and preserve their Jewish identity. Isaiah's message challenged the people to their very core. It was not a popular idea, even coming from God, of including the other, because such a change was a threat. Whenever I walk through neighborhoods in major cities and see banners in yards that say, All are welcome, and churches that emblazon that message on their signage, sometimes I wonder if they really understand what they're saying. There are many folks who expect welcoming the stranger to feel good, to be rewarding and connect us to one another. There may be romantic notions of connecting with others with sort of idyllic visions of new people folding seamlessly into who we are already are in, in our faith communities and in our churches. But the reality is typically much different than that. We are surprised and disheartened when others don't think or act like we do, and having them around feels awkward. They're upsetting the status quo, making the group into something I don't like. It might be something like your crazy uncle who shows up on holidays and just kind of makes everything weird. <laughs> the thing that we must face and contend with is this. Strangers, foreigners, immigrants, and anyone different from ourselves often bring God's own message to us, coming in amongst us to disrupt and transform. Strangers bring strange practices. Foreigners bring foreign worldviews. And different people bring different practices and ideas we are not familiar with. But why in the world would we ever be surprised that strangers are strange? What in God's name is going on? On God's holy mountain, people are gathered around values ethics, and obedience. Community and being together with the Lord is defined by faith and not by simply signing off on a list of approved beliefs and doctrinal statements. God makes it clear that faithfulness, even of foreigners, will determine who is brought into the house of prayer for all people. Deliverance is offered to those who walk the walk and don't just talk the talk. What's more, deliverance does not involve revenge, nor assurances that bad things will never happen again. Instead, salvation means freedom to pray and be connected to God. This is what God wants, and so the Lord will bring and gather faithful people from all over, both Jew and Gentile. They will all dwell together in God's house with much joy. We find some words in today's text having to do with a sense of belonging. House, accepting, prayer, gather. Isaiah puts forth a compelling vision of life with God, where we belong and have community 
At the heart of God is a hospitality, which invites all kinds of people to come and enjoy the divine presence and being with one another. At the time of Christ's incarnation, the angels showed up and announced good news of great joy to all people. And yet far too many persons, perhaps out of a sense to guard against outsiders hurting them, turn this grace, gracious message on its head by announcing bad news of great judgment to all people that aren't like me and don't think like me. Christ Church has struggled throughout its history to invite and include the other and to uphold this basic message of gracious good news for everyone. From the Council of Jerusalem that met to decide whether one ought to become a Jew first in order to be a Christian, to withholding membership to African Americans in certain churches in the 20th century, to the just plain ignoring of the poor and marginalized in many places. We must be intentional and deliberate about reaching and ministering to all people. The joy of salvation is that I do not need to jump through certain spiritual hoops to enter into Christianity, nor do I need to be a certain type of person. The church is not an exclusive club of one particular sort of people based in race or gender, ethnicity, class, spiritual pedigree, or even certain preferences on issues. Through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, all may come to God. All people have intrinsic worth as individuals created in the image of God and therefore need the attention of Christians in bringing the gospel to them. It's much too easy to ignore people we don't understand and who are different from us or to look down on those who don't agree with me on disputable matters. When it comes to the good news of Jesus, having people out of sight does not mean we keep them out of mind. Too many people are often off the radar of many churches for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is because the poor and needy have to compete with the wealthy and powerful for attention. To intentionally reach and minister to a different class or generation or race requires much love and many resources. How big is your inner space? Jesus had a big enough inner space to accommodate prostitutes, drunks, tax collectors, and a whole variety of sinners. Do you and I have a big enough space to allow people in our lives who are not like us without feeling threatened or feeling insecure? The Pharisees feared being contaminated if having table fellowship with such people. The Sadducees were afraid of losing their religious power if the status quo was changed to focus on others. And the Zealots feared continued Roman domination if Jesus kept up spending his time in graciousness to all kinds of sinners. So all the religious people killed him. The gospel of Jesus is good news of great joy for everyone. We are to work together 
to propagate this message by having the shared purpose of evangelism to everyone without discrimination or favoritism. When we engage in this critical endeavor together, there is tremendous joy. We are meant to gather on God's holy mountain and share with all sorts of people together. Let's pray. Blessed Lord God, through your Son you commanded us to go into all the world and proclaim good news to every creature. Increase our faith and zeal that we may more earnestly desire the salvation of all people. We confess that our hearts are often indifferent and dull to your cry of mission. Forgive our callousness and judgmentalism toward others. And by your Holy Spirit, fill us with a burning zeal to bring light into darkness. Give us loving hearts, sincerity of speech, and holiness of life, knowing that this world, as it is now, will not last forever. Drawing to a close, may we, by your Spirit's prompting, support the mission of our churches and our faith communities with our personal witness, our earnest prayers, our sacrificial gifts. Grant that through us many may be included on your holy mountain, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit reign as one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a privilege to be with you, and I look forward to doing it again. And as we go out into the world and seek to fulfill the mandate and the mission of God in this world, we go with the Lord's blessing. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, brothers and sisters, to serve the Lord.